You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt. And I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestors and to mine. I call out to all of those people who were here, who lived well, who died well, and who bring all that is good and true and beautiful in our ancestral lines to us, who carry that legacy, who carry that legacy forward to the living so that we can learn from those who have gone before us, so that we can learn those things we need to keep, those that help human beings live in a good way, and so that we can learn those things that don't work so well and that we can innovate and change and rise to the challenges of our time so that we do not simply repeat the mistakes of those who have gone before us. And so we ask these ancestors to stand with us, strong and true, to whisper in our ear, to help us to understand those things that simply must change and give us the courage, the inspiration, and the ideas for how we might do that. And let us reach beyond these human ancestors out into the natural world to all of that life that was here on earth long before there was a human. And we call out to these non-human ancestors in their many forms to be with us here today to help us to remember our own true nature, to surrender deeply into who we truly are in that great web of life and to be that peace of the oneness of all things. And we ask these ancestors to guide us to understand how to settle in, to resonate with our hearts, and to bring the blessings and the medicine that we were born to bring. And as all of these ancestral energies gather around us in their many forms here today, let us gather ourselves. Let us draw our awareness in from wherever it might be, drawing it into our head, from our head to our heart, and from our heart down to our belly. And from our belly, let us take a moment Take a nice deep breath, stop doing all those other things and touch the earth and spend just a moment in this day giving thanks to the earth for your life. Thanks for this day and all that it has in store for you, all the wonder, all the possibility. We give thanks for the diversity and the beauty of life around us. We give thanks for the challenges and those things that are building the character of the men and women that we've truly come here to be. And we give gratitude to the earth and take a moment in awe for the simple wonder of life. And we ask the earth to help us to use our life in a good way in this day. And as we reach our energy down through all the layers of the earth, let our gratitude flow out. As we reach down and down and down and down to the very center of the earth and connect ourselves firmly there. Let us anchor ourselves in the center of the earth and dive deeply into this energy that is of stillness and darkness. That is silent, that is profoundly all that is before. 
before it becomes abundance, before it becomes beauty, before it becomes diversity and life here on earth. We connect deeply into this energy that refreshes and rejuvenates and restores, to this energy that nourishes and sustains. And let us reach deeply into that energy and draw that energy up, drawing it up through all the layers of the earth and into our body, drawing it up just like water drawn up through the straw, fresh, clear, pure energy to renew and restore us. We draw this energy up into our belly, into our heart and our mind. And in this way, we connect to the energy of the earth and draw up the wisdom of manifestation, how to be here in form in a good way. And may this wisdom prevail upon us in this day. Help us to understand how to live in our body and to ground our body on earth and in this way to know where we stand and what we stand for. And from this deep inner knowing, may we know what has meaning, what has heart, what has purpose in our lives. And may we shape our life around that. May we build our sense of home, our sense of belonging, our sense of place from these things that have meaning to us, not simply habit not simply gathering around us people that look the same, people that think the same and never challenge us to grow, but to draw around us those things that we value, those things that matter and build our sense of family on this. And let us do this in a way that always values the other, sets a place at the table, opens the door, draws in those things we do not yet understand. And let these things provoke us into new thoughts, new ideas, new growth and transformation that we might all become the men and women we are meant to be for this time. And with the energy of the earth, let us come to understand connection within ourselves to the many aspects of who we are, connection to others, the interconnection with our environment and the interrelationships with all the invisible world. And in this way, may we reach out and to find our place in the great web of life, our oneness, our place within that oneness. And may we take right relationship with ourself from that connection. And as we learn here from the energy of the earth, let us draw that earth energy up. Let it rise with us up and out the top of our head, out into the sky and whatever whatever weather it holds for you on this day out through the sky, out through the atmosphere, out to the atmosphere and out into the cosmos and all the way up, reaching for the highest power of the universe by whatever way you know that energy and conceive of it, or whatever way you name it. Humanity has given it so many names, but it is one. And let yourself connect with it and it with you and draw this energy down, drawing in the radiant energies from above into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings. We draw this energy in to bring in the energy of blessing and protection. We call these energies deeply in for commitment and devotion. And we open ourselves to the benevolence of this universe and call in all the wisdom of the cosmos. We call in inspiration and illumination that firm hand at our back, the champion, and that person who carries a bit of the burden, those mentors that guide us, all those energies that help us along the way to do what it is that we have come here to do. We call these energies in, drawing them into our head, from our head to our heart, our heart to our belly, and we send these radiant energies from above down into the center of the earth. So as the earth energy rises up through us and the sky energy 
extends down through us. We open up the center channel, allow heaven and earth to merge within us into that great oneness that is the big love. Those two legendary lovers that in the many stories of the many people around the globe, it is through these energies that life as we know it is born and brought here to the earth. And in gratitude to these these great ancestral energies, we give thanks. We ask the energy of the big love that they are together to awaken the spirit in our own heart, that our own wholehearted loving awareness opens and awakens, that that crucible of transformation that lives in the heart comes online, and that you draw up the fiery passions of your belly that may or may not be known, but we draw them up into the heart. And we draw down the crystal clarity of the mind that may be distracted by other things. And we call it into focus on this essential and important thing, your soul's knowing of why it is here. So we let the passions and the clarity dance together and move together in this dynamic tension until they give birth to that third and most sacred thing that resides there in your heart, a memory a knowing, an inkling, a feeling, some sort of sensation that is the resonance of why you are here, the gifts that you are to bring. And you might, may you find the courage in that same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. And for all of the spirit help that we all have to make that happen, I have great gratitude. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I'd also like to give thanks to the humans, to those wonderful spirits that are helping this show to be available to you live and on the air and also forever and ever as long as we have electricity in the archives. So we give special thanks to Maria and to Amelie, to Mary Grace and Rosine and all of the listeners who have donated to the show financially. This show is listener supported, um, kind of like Pandora. And so if this show moves you in any way, if it motivates your heart in some way, please do that most fundamental of shamanic things and to allow that which moves your heart to motivate your actions in the world. This is what it means that true power is mediated in the heart, is to let that which moves your heart move you into action in the world and I ask you to do something large or small to help the show to grow to stay relevant and useful to us here in the contemporary world Um, if you'd like to donate financially you can go to whyshamanismnow.com and for those of you that download the show from iTunes yes there is a website for the show the archives are there as well and you can also donate there you can click the support button scroll down donate any amount large or small in any currency we are grateful for all of it it all goes directly to keeping the show on the air and I know I say that every show but it's true each year with the coming and goings of donations of different people and people's interest it all pretty much stays at basically just enough to pay the bills for keeping the show available and free to anyone in the world who can get on the internet and so for those of you that are helping me to make that real I am grateful for those of you that help in other ways sharing the show discussing the show commenting on the show thank you and for those who bring the teachings into your life and use them and ask questions and come up with the ideas for the next shows I give thanks to you as well 
So for all the many ways that we together are making wise shamanism now a reality in the world, thank you. So we are not live today. Um, however, if you have questions about today's show, as always, you are welcome to email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. You can also email me there for a regular address if you want to send a regular check as a donation. But you can also go to lastmaskcenter.org, L-A-S-T-M-A-S-K-C-E-N-T-E-R.org, lastmaskcenter.org for classes. Um, and particular, the registration for Mass Evolution. Um, okay, so today's show is in a sense a bookend for the very first This show is Why Do We Need Shamanism Now? What has been the point for the last seven years of shows? So basically, my feeling is we need shamanism now. We, the people, need shamanism now for the same reason we needed it before. In the very, very beginning of humans here on Earth. Because humans cannot figure out how to live here in a good way with the environment and with the rest of life. And which, of course, the rest of life is what humans need to survive. We need shamanism now because people cannot figure out how to live with each other without killing each other. And without killing each other's children. I mean, think about it. What are we all doing? What are we doing right now? Obviously, humanity has not figured out how to live here in a good way. And this is why the first shamans came. So the stories about the first shamans always about these two things. The first shaman comes to earth because the human beings can't figure out how to live together. That's pretty much what's happening right now. And they can't figure out how to survive on the planet. And that's pretty much going on right now. Oh, sure, we can live in opulence and in excess and waste. But in doing so, we are depleting the natural resources of the planet and polluting the rest. So, again, not able to figure out how to live here in a good way. So here we are back at the beginning. Back at the beginning of humanity on the planet. That our need... Our inability to figure it out, our need is calling out for an intervention, just as it did when humanity's desperate efforts to survive called in the first shamans. They were usually semi-divine beings, sort of part, part God, part human, or part spirit, part human, however you want to think about it. They were usually androgynous shapeshifters that could pretty much take any shape necessary to teach what they needed to teach. And they came because they took pity on our sorry asses because we could not figure it out. And they joined us here on earth, often in great sacrifice to themselves, to teach us these two things. How to live well in the world and how to get along with each other. And this really is why shamanism matters. With all these great people doing great work right now, nothing will change. The ideas, the ideas are there. The technology's there. It's all there right now. Well, most of it at least. I'm not quite sure how we clean up the Pacific Ocean from Fukushima, but we could figure that out. But the point is it's all there. 
but we must ask how, how to do what we need to do, how to commit uh, to live the answer that spirit gives us. How do we create different ways of living in the world and different ways of living with others? What it means is we need to become different people. And the important thing to remember is that we are makers. We need to make this happen. And in that sense of creating it, not controlling it, but in the sense of creating it. And this is what I talked about at the end of last week's show is our need to create, to make it happen. And until we choose and act, spirit can't assist us. And that is our need to choose and to create that vessel of intention and through the intention into action that allows spirit to join us. And I shared the quote, often quoted, about boldness. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth that ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. This is what we have right now. Countless ideas and splendid plans. But how do we make it happen? That the moment one definitely commits oneself then providence moves to all sorts of things occur to help that would never otherwise have occurred a whole stream of events issues from the decision rising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance which no man or woman could have dreamt would have come his way whatever you can do or dream you can do begin it action How do we do it? Begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin it now. And there are lots of good people out there in the world right now who see what is going on and see what needs to happen. There's Charles Eisenstein, the author of The More Beautiful World, Our Heart Knows Possible. And he said recently in an email just yesterday, um, referring to the climate conference in Paris, right? In other words, we need a revolution of love, Charles said. When we as a society learn to see the planet and everything on it as beings deserving of respect in their own right and not just for their use to us, then we won't need to appeal to climate change to do the best things that the climate change warriors would have us do. And we will stop doing the awful things that we do in the name of stopping climate change. So Charles is talking about the depth of the revolution that needs to happen. But it needs to happen because we've changed our attitude about the world around us. And we respect all living things as the indigenous shamanic people did because they were taught that by the first shaman. And we have Starhawk, author of The Fifth Sacred Thing and many, many excellent books. And she says a spiritual organization with a hierarchical structure can convey only the consciousness of estrangement regardless of what teachings or deep inspirations are at its root. The structure itself reinforces the idea that some people are inherently more worthy than others. These are the kinds of things Storhawk has been teaching for most of my adult life. 
and yet how do we begin to take these teachings into our lives and make them real? We have Stephen Jenkinson. We have Hamilton Souther. We have young people. We have older people. We have lots of brilliant, heartfelt, amazingly intelligent people who see what needs to be done and are writing books about it, are teaching us about it. There are too many to name, and they aren't even all here in America or even English-speaking. There's great work being done all over the world. Lots of it is wise and good people who see what's going on and what needs to happen. But the question is how, right? We have to ask how. How do we do this? How do I do this? And honestly, right now, I'm not sure I would even trust an answer for how from a human at this point. We all need to go back to source. And we all can. We all have the ability, with just a little bit of training, to connect to the source, to the true code, with the assistance of our helping spirits through shamanic means. And this is why I believe we need shamanism now. Not because we don't understand what needs to be done or we don't even understand the technology or the science or the whatever needs to happen to do it. Because we need to understand how we do it. How do we change? How do we become different people so that our actions create a different world? And I believe the shamanic people have been telling us this from the beginning of humanity. And this is why shamanism now. This is why this huge upsurging of interest in shamanism with all the problems inherent in that. I'll take all those problems, all the fakes, all the confusion, all the everything. I'll take it all. If we can just get a few real people authentically called to this work who can help us to understand how do we become different people. This is why we need shamanism now. This is why every Tuesday for the last seven years I've talked about why shamanism now and how it applies to our life. I don't believe we can do all of this without it. And I believe we can do what we need to do with it. So, with the help of our helping spirits, we can bring our own inspiration into our problem solving with science, with our own personal integrity as human beings. It's just not okay to kill other people's children. And I mean this for my own country as well as anybody else. I mean, it's not okay to kill, period. But when you start killing people's children, something's really, really wrong, right? So integrity, our science, our integrity, our own reason, our intelligence, our hearts, all of these things come to bear with our relationship with spirit, our courage, our curiosity, and ultimately our willingness to become different people. There is no solution to creating a different situation here on earth in which we do not become different people. We need to understand that. And in the often paraphrased uh, message from the Constitution of the Iroquois Nations, in in our every deliberation, we must consider the impact on the seventh generation even if it requires having skin as thick as the bark of a pine. 
And so the important thing about that is today we just quote the first part. In our every deliberation, we must consider the impact on the seventh generation. But we forget the rest of that wisdom, which is that it requires us to sacrifice. It requires us to change, to become different people. The only way the people write a different story is by being different people. And the different people who tell the different story create a different world. So how do we become different now? What difference within us will make a difference in the world? We don't want to just change for the sake of changing. We don't want to just change and create a new version of the same problem. It's not just about... Um, doing something different for the sake of different. How do we do it in a way that is good for the seventh generation? I believe humans have never been able to answer that question on their own. I believe when they have answered that question, they've done it with the assistance of spirit. And this is the reason that we need shamanism now as a basic part of our skill set for living. Not as this weird fringe woo-woo thing. But we need to once again understand that every adult, as part of their adulthood, needs a working relationship with spirit. A culturally sanctioned way to enter in to an alternate state and connect with their spirit help to make wise decisions. And we need to value adults taking the time to do that cultivating an aspect of their life in which that working relationship is nurtured and fed and loved so that it is there when we need it. So this is what I believe, the answer. Why have I bothered for seven years? Why this show for free out to the world? Because I believe we, humanity, need this for the exact same reason we needed it. In the beginning, because we can't figure it out on our own, obviously. We don't know how to live here in a good way, and we don't know how to live here with each other. So we need to bring shamanism in to our everyday common skill set for being an adult. Because there is no solution to creating a different situation here on earth in which we do not also become different people. So how do we do that? Well, first, we have to begin to see differently. And if we can see the situation differently, then that naturally, through our creativity and curiosity and questioning, we will begin to come up with different decisions. And if we can make different decisions, we can begin to take different actions. So people like Charles Eisenstein in particular help us to see differently and his beautifully um, written and thought out um, discussions um, help us to see deeply into the experiences that we're having. Um, But the question is, does listening to Charles, does reading Charles' work, does following Charles and his emails, does it change the decisions that you make? No matter who we're talking about, how wise they are, how wholehearted they are, no matter who inspires or motivates you. 
The question is, does it change the structure of your internal systemic belief system? So we must change our beliefs about reality if we want to see reality and possibility in that reality differently. And this is a far, far, far easier said than done. We can talk about it with people that see it differently. We get it. It resonates as true. Absolutely. And then back in our own life and when we're stressed, we end up making the same decisions that we've been making before. So how do we allow ourselves to see differently? Are you allowing that which inspires you to change the decisions that you make and ultimately to change the actions that you take? How we do that is not an intellectual process. If it was, we would have done it. Mostly humanity is a bunch of good people. Mostly we would have done this. But it's not purely an intellectual process, though our beliefs drive our mind and how we see things. Changing our beliefs is not an intellectual process. It's a transformational process. It involves our heart and our mind and our spirit working in concert in a way that does not create so much panic to our physical existence that we can't function. So it requires all facets of our being. This is why shamanism now, because it is shamanic transformations that by their very nature engage all four aspects of the human being with the help so these are, these are the ways that we can do this, change how we see things through shamanic means, basically. So the first would be to cultivate a relationship with your helping spirits. And literally, you can merge with your helping spirit. You should ask first, nonetheless, merge with your helping spirit and see through their eyes. See whatever the reality is that you habitually see in a particular way to see it through the eyes of your helping spirit and see how they see reality differently than you. They see the parts of it that you don't or can't because of the beliefs that you hold. They can help to illuminate the beliefs that you carry that you don't realize that you carry because of the difference between how they see reality and you see reality. That's one way. Another reason for shamanism now is that the influence of the unresolved energy of our ancestors influences how we see reality and it tends to drive us because it makes us see reality in a particular way it's like um the day is actually sunny but we see a cloudy day and so our mood is a little bit down and we feel a little depressed and that's the ancestral influence is like that. It's like um, weather that only you feel um, on that particular day because of your own ancestral patterns, unresolved ancestral patterns. And so these energies change how we see reality. And we need shamanic means to deal with these unresolved ancestral energies. And we can do it through shamanic means, skilled shaman. Now, granted, not everybody can do this, but through shamanic skills, we can do this in a safe way and in a clear way and in a clean way and open up 
the ability for the living to see reality more accurately. But these wars that are being fought right now are all manifestations of the same war that are continuing to be fought because we never resolved the ancestral issues at the beginning of the first war. I know that sounds simplistic. It's not simplistic. But until we address that, so here in the United States, a lot of battles were fought in the southeastern United States. And, and the battlegrounds were never dealt with appropriately in terms of the dead and in terms of the relationship with the human beings who spilled all that blood on the land. Our relationship with the land is unresolved. So our ancestral people, our ancestral land, um, meaning the ancestors of the land, because of course there's a debate whether it's our ancestral land or not, spoken as a white woman. Anyway, my point is the people that live there still live for that war. It's live in their world. In a way, it isn't for someone like me who lives on the West Coast. It's not alive at all. We hardly even remember it's part of our history. But part of the reason it's so alive for people that live in the South is because they're still living in it, literally, because it never got resolved. So imagine that in Europe. Imagine that in the Middle East. Imagine that in all of these countries with a much longer history. How do we clean this up? We need shamanic skills to do that. So that's why shamanism now. There's no way we are going to be able to see the possibilities that truly exist right now without clearing the blinders created by this energy. And ultimately, we need to clear our own personal unresolved energies from our lifetime, from the fact that we were not greeted properly at birth as we first came into the world, that our transition from childhood into adulthood was not marked and we did not pass through a threshold from childhood to adulthood. And what it means to be adult is no longer clearly defined, um, at least for American children. Um, And we suffer for that and we don't deal with the dead. And we already talked about where that goes. And so what we need, and we can gain these things through shamanic practices, rigorous and unflinching clearing practices. Um, This is essential if we are going to learn to see reality around us as it really is, not our projection of our stories from our unresolved family of origin issues, from our unresolved issues of abuse and um, trauma from our childhood. Now, the sacred plants can help us to see differently, just as helping spirits in our journeys can help us to see differently. But they don't necessarily change our beliefs. They just, as I described before, help us to illuminate the beliefs that we hold. We still have to be the ones that are willing to change them. And the fact that the sacred plants allow you to see differently last night in that ceremony doesn't mean you're going to do anything different in the world today. And this is the important thing about understanding that just a superficial relationship with shamanism or worse, a fad relationship with shamanism, doing it because it's cool and that's what everybody's doing. 
that's not going to change things, that we need a real relationship with shamanism and the helping spirits we access, be they plant spirits or animal spirits or whatever, however the helping spirits come to us, is we have to work with them to change our belief system so that we can see the world differently. This is an actual shamanic relationship. Just the fact that you're doing things that are related to shamanism doesn't actually make it a shamanic act. It's just an activity. Until we engage with the spirits in a way that we make our own belief system vulnerable to a transformational process. That's shamanism. So that ultimately here in how we use shamanism to see differently in clearing our own unresolved energies, we each have to use what we receive from spirit. However, we're engaging with spirit to actively change ourselves, to move so into a transformational process so that we find ourselves seeing reality differently, so that we make different decisions which lead to different actions. So the other reason for why shamanism now at this time, right, is uh, because spirit can't do it for us. Not even the sacred plants. It doesn't really matter how much altered state time we log. If it doesn't change the decisions that we make when we're in our ordinary state, it's irrelevant. Right? So if spirit could do this for us, spirit would have. What did spirit do historically? They sent the first shaman to teach the people. So we the people have to learn. We have to become different people. We have to learn how to live with our environment in a good way and how to live with each other in a good way. Again. Right? The other thing that we gain through shamanic skills because of the the bringing all four aspects of the human being into a transformational process is the ability to truly transform our shadow selves and to bring that energy out of the shadow transform that energy into an ally and bring that energy to bear again in our conscious life as long as aspects of ourself are in shadow they change the way we see reality and in particular they create um, what I call a false fear response. It feels real. It's a fear response to a situation, but it's not being triggered by the real situation, the real reality that you're experiencing. It's being triggered by the story that's being projected onto the reality. But the adrenals are kicking in nonetheless, and the body is in a fear response nonetheless. All right? And we repeat the same patterns, the same survival-based patterns. So for us to transform that, to see things differently, we have to change the influence of the shadow pattern itself on reality, which means we have to be willing to do the personal work necessary to transform the shadow. And with that, to then integrate that ally energy into our life and be different in the world. It's not just about always diving into the depths of who we are. It's about bringing the fruits of that transformational labor to bear on our life day by day. Seeing differently, choosing differently, acting differently. And finally, one of the most powerful things shamanism gives us to change the way we see reality 
is soul retrieval work. Every moment of soul loss um, alters how we see reality going forward from that moment. Every soul part retrieved and integrated brings us back into a higher state of wholeness and that wholeness allows us to see reality more accurately. And so these are all the main reasons that we need shamanism now with our intelligence, with our technology, with our science, with our creativity and our inspiration and our integrity and all that humanity has to bring to bear. We need these skills on all these different levels if we're going to see differently. And we must see differently. We must become different people. So we don't actually change how we see things on our own until we change our beliefs and the system that the beliefs function in and that this is effectively an operating system. And so there's a lot of um, spiritual practices um, that are beautiful practices and they maintain and sustain. And that's an important part of being a human is developing practices that that cultivate energy and maintain and sustain your well-being through the day. Those practices do not change your operating system. They maintain and sustain the operating system that you have. And this is what I mean about why shamanism now. Why meditation or yoga, even qigong, tai chi, these beautiful practices that maintain and sustain and cultivate a healthy way of life um, calm our adrenals, um, help us to engage our parasympathetic nervous system, not our fight or flight sympathetic nervous system. These are all good. They maintain and sustain and they are important. They do not change our operating system. They do not change our deeply held beliefs. This is why shamanism now, why we need to engage in it in a way that allows us to transform and not in a way that is superficial and um, popular. We don't want pop shamanism. And these kind of deep shamanic activities need to become part of ordinary life if we're going to change our beliefs. And by part of ordinary life, I don't mean every Friday night. Because one can't delve deeply into your shadow work, for example, every Friday night. That you need to delve deeply into that shadow work and then move through that transformation process over the months that unfold. And you need most likely people around you in community doing the same thing and supporting you in that. But the point is that we need to bring shamanism in deeply to initiate these transformations and then we need to run the course of the whole transformation and allow it to change us to make us different people which is why I make somewhat derogatory comments about just you know doing ayahuasca every Friday night or you know just raves or whatever it is as an activity it's perfectly fine to have an active and um, colorful social life but don't fool yourself that this is actually changing you that this is actually a practice of shamanism 
So how do we change what we respect? How do we change what we value? This is part of what um, Charles Eisenstein is really calling out for. Um, So part of the question I have is how many of you do not consciously share the values of the patriarchy, for example? You know, so you're listening to the radio show. You probably don't actually share the basic values of the patriarchy or else you probably wouldn't be listening to me. You'd be listening to, I don't know, Fox News or something. Okay. So anyway, so how if you don't share the values of the patriarchy, then how many of you struggle to value yourself because you learned from the patriarchy not to value yourself because you're a woman, because you're black, because you're trans, because you're whatever. You don't fit in. You're not a straight white guy. Right? Okay, so this is exactly what I'm talking about is if you said yes to my first question, you don't value the patriarchy, then you really still can't be saying yes to the second question, which is, do you not value yourself because of the patriarchy? So this is my point about our values, our beliefs, and our belief system. If you believe in the more beautiful world our heart knows is possible, that you no longer believe in the basic belief system of the patriarchy and the capitalist system in America, for example, then that also means that you can't continue to accept the damage that is done for you because you no longer believe in it, you no longer value it, you no longer respect it. So you need to use the shamanism to clear that damage and allow your true respect and your true valuing to resurface that which you were born with, to resurface your innate value for yourself, for others, for the earth, this natural feeling that we're, we all come with and then we learn these other rules. So the important thing is to bring yourself into alignment with your consciously held values and that which you respect. Stop walking in two worlds. You're ineffective in that way. You're not actually a different person if you simply believe in your mind that you no longer value the patriarchy, but you let the rules of the patriarchy continue to run you at your deep core belief system. That kind of transformation is why we need shamanism now. It's not just purely an intellectual process. It's a transformational process. So how do we change our values so that our actions can be different, so that we can become different people? Shamanic people all around the world are still doing this. They learned it from the first shaman. They have held on to these teachings even as their environments and their world have been destroyed. They know what we need to know right now. We don't need to reinvent these wheels. They exist already. The issue is that we accept that these answers are already here and we, we aren't living them. Right? They're already here. Many of us have run all over the world learning from these shamanic people, but we're not choosing to live them. We're not choosing to let them make us become different people. Because we aren't being creative enough to understand how to apply those teachings in our contemporary lives. And because we are unwilling to sacrifice who we are for who we need to become. So let's take an example. 
of this, uh, what I really uh, seriously mean by this. So let's take Aini, for example. Aini is a beautiful idea from the Quechua people in the Andes of what is now called South America. So um, Aini, it, the idea of Aini, in other words, I'm choosing Aini because it's a wheel that indigenous people learned from the first shamans that are still rolling, right? It's, it's an idea that is fully formed. We don't need to reinvent this. We need to creatively apply it to our current life without destroying it. So we are going to need to change to be able to do that. So I'm using this as a valid, what I consider a very, very valid example. Okay. So Aini is the interchange of loving kindness, knowledge, and the fruits of one's labors between individuals, the environment, and spirit. It is a foundation for ensuring the flow of love within oneself, within one's community, and in the greater world. Precisely what Charles is talking about, for example. So reciprocity implies that one's labor is shared. I will help you today and tomorrow you might help me. The purpose of reciprocity is the maintenance of life. Think about this. The purpose of reciprocity is the maintenance of life or sustainability. Aini is deeper than mutual respect and helping others. It implies the conscious and willing acknowledgement of the interconnection between humans and the natural world that sustains them and the energy or the spirit world that sustains it all, both humans and the natural world. And Aini is only one idea of an actually five-part idea that is kind of a cycle of life. And it provides, Aini though, this idea provides the purpose for the first three principles of love and knowledge and work. And it makes them function. It gives them structure. And it holds them as the banks of a river contain the flow of water until it reaches the sea. So in this way, Aini sustains and supports all life. So the part one, I'm going to go quickly through all five parts so you can see this is, this is a sophisticated philosophy that moves from philosophy to the heart to the actions so it's about what we value what we respect and how that affects how we see the world the choices we make and the actions that we take beautiful wheel already there for us held in the sacred teachings from the first shaman okay principle one choosing to orient in the heart to see the beauty and the sweetness around you and allow that energy to move your heart. It is about the courage to feel your feelings. Why do we watch cat things all day long on Facebook or YouTube, right? Because it makes us orient in our heart. So, okay. Anyway, as I was saying, it's about the courage to feel your feelings without judgment and because of that to orient in acceptance and not denial. This orientation in the heart without judgment radiates caring, true kindness, and unselfish love into the world. This, by the way, is year two of our cycle training. This is really challenging to do in today's world, but it must be done. And this is what I mean about being different people. This is hard to do in our world. It's a harsh world in a lot of ways. 
and yet we must orient in the heart so that we can then choose to learn and all that implies about how one orients in the world when he or she is open to learning. It is about understanding that knowledge in the Western sense is of little value if we are unable to act on it and it is of no value if when acted on it does not grow corn. Choosing to learn includes the experience of learning the storage of that knowledge to be used for action, the release of knowledge that no longer grows corn, and the choice to remember what grows corn and use it again. Principle three, building up again to Aini, is choosing to act from a place of balance and wholeness and find your work in the world. This is as you're becoming an adult. You're finding your work in the world, and this means that your actions are motivated from the whole heart, the authenticity of the Ling spirit of your heart, the inner spirit of your heart, and its interconnection with others, which is your Shen spirit of your heart. And in this way, your actions lead to right livelihood or lucrative work that supports your soul's purpose. And that it is ecologically sound, economically sound, and benefits yourself and others and encourages services that strengthen and, re- and enrich community ties. This then builds to principle four, which is choosing to see what is not apparent and to live in relationship with the physical and non-physical world equally. This is described as the way of life and requires that we drop absolutely the lie of separation that is fundamental in Western thought, philosophy, religion, and spirituality. That we choose to see that we relate to a matrix of energy that supports all life and that we take our place in the oneness of all things. So these four principles, this is extremely sophisticated and people have lived this for thousands of years and it works. So the final piece then is Aini, or choosing to be accountable for the flow of energy in the interchange of love, knowledge, and work in the physical and non-physical world. Aini is gratitude, it is responsibility, it is reciprocity together in a way that English has no word for because we have no concept for it. Aini is not about giving without expecting anything in return. Aini is about expecting everything in return because we understand life in the circular nature of all things. Aini is about accepting responsibility for flow by sharing the good that comes, respecting those that give, and respecting yourself enough to give your gifts to the world in beauty because you must give your gifts. Beautiful wheel brought by the first shaman. We need it right now. And literally thousands of North Americans are Mesa carriers. In other words, they've learned these teachings. Literally thousands of North Americans have traveled to South America to learn about Aini and the teachings that Aini is part of. Thousands and thousands have been initiated. My entire lifetime, my entire adult life as a shamanic practitioner, Alberto, Oscar, Jose Luis, all of these people have been bringing droves of people to the Andes to learn these things, to experience the initiations. Just like ayahuasca anywhere in any major city in America right now, you can get a Munique initiation anywhere in America on Friday night pretty much, right? Thousands of people learning these teachings. Where's Aini here 
in North America? Are we living it here? Has it changed the way that you choose to live? This is what I mean by why shamanism now, that we have to bring our engagement with, not only do we need shamanism, but we need to bring it out of our activity life and into our transformational life. So it changes how we see the world. It changes what we value. It changes what we respect so that we become different people. We change our belief system. We change the very structure that drives our decisions and our actions in the world. The important thing is that the first shaman brought us, shamans all over the world, many first shamans, they brought us the information that we need. It's all here now. We need to simply, as contemporary people, get off our arrogant intellectual high horse and accept the fact that the teachings are here, to embrace them seriously, to embody them truly, and to begin to live them in our scientific, technological, intellectual, everyday life. And so why now? Because there is no other time. There is only now, and this is our time. We are the living. We are born for these times. And I encourage you to go read it again, The Letter to a Young Activist During Troubled Times by Clarissa Pincola Estes. The fact that you are here now, embodied on this planet, in all the mess that we're in, is not an accident. It it is a design. And it is your design. To change the outer world, we must change ourselves. We must become different people. Yes, the system is broken. Yes, your culture has betrayed you and not done what your culture is supposed to do for you as an individual. And yes, you are still the one who can do what needs to be done precisely because you are the one who is here. And you, the, you are the one who is hearing hearing this message of why shamanism now listen to what moves your heart listen to what moves your heart to tears and let that move you into inspiration listen to what moves your heart and learn take what you learn like Aini like your messages from your helping spirits. Take what you're learning and change. Allow it to change you, to transform you. And watch. Are your actions changing in the world? These are the things that we, the living, we must begin to do differently. For the doing of them or the not doing of them has changed everything. These are the main ways that we have fallen away from the teachings that are critical for humans here on this earth. How the people learned to live with each other. How they learned to live on the earth. They tended every birth, that threshold of coming into life and understanding that each person coming 
is bringing medicine, that they have a true calling and they have a reason for being here. We must begin to tend the initiation into adulthood of every child, no matter his or her origins or religion. We must begin to initiate our children. And so those very few adults who are actually initiated into adulthood must begin initiating. Because the blind can't initiate the blind. Not to dump on blind people. I meant that metaphorically. The third thing that we must do differently is we must value life. We must live it differently and for different reasons. We must value living sustainably. We must value living in peace and active harmony with all living things so that other lives are not ransomed for our lifestyle. We must live a heart-centered life with love as the true power that motivates our action in the world. If we cannot love it, we should not do it. We must live in right relationship with nature that extends an awareness of the complementary dualism of life into everything so that we step out of our chronic yin depletion and our lie of separation from the natural world, from ourselves, from God, from everything. We need to live in relationship with our ancestors so that we learn from the past. We must heal and change that which is unresolved in the lives of the ancestors and preserve that which has meaning and wisdom for those who are coming. And we must live with a sense of a higher power that is untranslatable by its very nature. So if you can name it, it's not the name. It's not the thing. We've all got a good enough name. We need to stop killing each other over it. And then ultimately, we need to tend the transition into death fully and completely. And that all of this, all of these things we need to do differently, the most important thing we need to do differently is love. No more thinking of love as a small, personal, selfish affair. Not the love only of family or of nation in ways that cut us off from each other. But the helping spirits are clear. We are one family, humanity. And we are all responsible for what we all do. I give thanks to the helping spirits for helping me to give my life meaning. I give gratitude to the ancestors for gathering around us here today, for the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. Have a great week, everyone. 